Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Today is Thursday. Nothing special today. Except, yeah. Another episode of Text Talk. That's always special. Psalm 41. What Psalm are you 41. From? I've got the New American Standard Bible here. Psalm 41. For the choir director, a psalm of David. How blessed is he who considers the helpless. The Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive, and he shall be called blessed upon the earth. And do not give him over to the desire of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil against me. When will he die and his name perish? And when he comes to see me, he speaks falsehood. His heart gathers wickedness to itself. When he goes outside, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt, saying, A wicked thing is poured out upon him, that when he lies down he will not rise up again. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are pleased with me, because my enemy does not shout and triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity, and you set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. A wicked thing. A the wicked American standard thing. Said. A wicked yeah. thing is poured out on him. What is that? Uh, verse the ESV and verse six. Uh, verse eight. Verse eight. Get my, get my bifocals working yeah, there properly. You go. ESV says they say a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again from where he lies. And the New King James says an evil disease. An evil disease. But I was I was going in. There's a marginal note there. It says a thing of Belial. A thing of Belial. That's what it, that's what it says. Which sort of encourages you to go back and do a little digging on Belial. Like, what is that? Is that an idiom for something? Well, when you dug, what did you find? Well, what I found is that actually once in the life of David, he comes in contact, of course, with Abigail, whom he eventually marries. When they meet, she's married at the time to a fellow by the name of Nabal. And all the servants call him a son of Belial. And she even says that he's Belial. Uh, which seems to be an, an empty thing, a worthless thing, something destined for destruction. So kind of an awful, worthless, cursed kind of thing. So a little bit of an idiomatic expression that if you have this Belial thing, it's worthless, empty, useless, heading for destruction, evil. And yet the way you make that claim is by connecting it to Belial. Mm. which would be kind of a name for an evil power, demon, what we might even call the devil. Okay. I mean, like like, like we use the word Beelzebub sometimes to refer as, right. as the enemy. Belial is that same kind of thing, right? Are you aware? Actually, I don't know about that. I mean, that's the way I've always understood it, that like Belial has that same kind of connection. And so the reason why that's jumping to my mind is I did notice as I was studying and preparing for our conversations 
There were a couple that made the suggestion that when the enemies make this claim, there's kind of an undercurrent that David is is suffering from some kind of unclean spirit, that David is suffering from some kind of almost demonic attack. Oh, wow. And that that really stood out to me because years ago, I was asked to do some study on praying based on the Psalms and just looking at how, how the Psalms talk about prayer and some of the aspects of that. One of the things I really got out of that study was the God that the psalmists present. Mm-hmm. And one of the fascinating aspects of God in the Psalms is as being the universally omnipotent, sovereign, controlling power. Mm-hmm. It's not that God is culpable for everything that happens in the world, and it's not that God himself directly and initially causes everything that happens in the world, but the psalmists, the reason why they pray as intently and fervently and faithfully as they do is because their idea of God is he is sovereign. He mm. is in control. Mm-hmm. At, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, behind everything, whatever whatever the cause of this thing I'm facing is, when I, when I back it up, I am going to get to God. God is there. And so I can pray to God because I know that he's the one who's in control. He's the one that can fix this because because behind it all is God. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at psalms of other ancient Near East countries and nationalities and peoples, when they looked at the bad things that happened, they would often just attribute them to demonic spirits or jinn, from which we, we get the word genie eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. or evil wizards or those kinds of things. And it's almost like there's this competitive evil that's going against their God who's supposed to take care of them. But the really powerful blessing of our psalms, of these Hebrew psalms, is that there is no other power that is doing this. Behind it all is God. And therefore, I can go to God and he'll fix it. And so here we have these enemies that seem to be taking this approach that is very similar to the nations around them. Ah, this evil thing is poured out on him. This Belial thing, this demonic, evil spirit, worthless kind of thing is poured out on him. Whereas David understands, no, I've sinned. Mm. I'm dealing with discipline from my God and Father. And so he is the one that I turn to for grace. I don't try to appease evil spirits. I don't mm-hmm. try to, mm-hmm. to to pay off demons. I don't try. No, I'm going to God. He is the one in control of this. I think that's just a fascinating thing to recognize. Here's one of those Psalms that, that points out God is the one in control. And that's why we can pray. David in his life had to take the stand against the pagan idols. Uh, that seemed to always be creeping in to the Israelites' way of life, whether it was the Baals or the Asherahs, and maybe there's even some word association there with Baal and Belial. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but, but this idea that there are these competing gods always trying to, but they're not real gods. They're mute, and they're false images, but they're stealing away the hearts of people. And it is something to see how people would give them so much credit and so much, uh, you know, attribute power to them that they did not have power over the rain, power over the weather, power over the crops. And so they would begin uh, appealing to and worshiping Baals or worshiping Asherahs instead of respecting that the true God Yahweh is the one who would bless them and take care of all of their needs, who is the creator above and beyond all of these things. 
David, as the man after God's own heart, would lead the charge against the Philistines and their god Ekron, these other peoples that had to be pushed out of this land. I do remember as I'm thinking this through, when Saul was being punished by the Lord, one of the things the Lord did allow and even prompt with Saul was the evil spirit that came upon Saul. He drew his spirit away from him and an evil spirit was upon him. And of course, in that context, when we go back to 1 Samuel 16, 17, um, or is that 2 Samuel now? No, anyway, no, when, we, Samuel. when we get into those passages, we find that like you said, God's spirit had been on Saul, but now he removes it. And that's the passages where we find that God, God sent his spirit upon David. Right. And in the next chapter, yeah, 1 Samuel 17 is where David is able to conquer Goliath because the spirit of the Lord is with him, but an evil spirit from the Lord is on Saul. So, But guess, perhaps even before that, because as the spirit goes upon David, who is it that can play a harp and drive away the evil spirit. It's it's actually David. Mm-hmm. And I see there a signification that the spirit of God and the anointing of God is now on David. That's going to be the king. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just that he's the best harp player in the world and it drives away evil spirits, but that the spirit of God is on this man and it's demonstrated by the power of over the other. We've got David, though. In, in, in either one of those cases, even if we do want to have like a, a Saul story going on, that, that they're making an accusation, oh, the same thing's happening to David that happened to, to Saul. Saul. Okay, yeah. And so David was able to usurp Saul as far as the politicos would view it. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody else, Absalom or Shimei or whoever else, yeah. will be able to usurp now because that ah. same kind of thing is happening. In the end, we still get back to the point that we have to understand, and that is God is in control. And yes. so where did David turn mm-hmm. when he wanted this fixed and he wanted this resolved? Which, again, ties us back to Saul, as it points out when Saul has died, when the Lord has turned away from him, that passage we mm-hmm. referenced so many times as we've compared David and Saul, that Saul went after the medium. Saul listened to the medium instead of listening to God, instead of pursuing God as he was supposed to. What is David doing? Again and again and again, he turns to the Lord. Another construction on this might be, as I'm reading again, verse 7 and verse 8, it's the people that hate him that whisper these things, and they're devising hurts against them. Yes. That, that This may well be slander as well, that whatever's wrong with David is between David and God, but the spin that's being put on it by the enemies, the rumors being started by the enemies to, to inflict the greater harm on him is to say something like, Belial and and make those associations. He's like Nabal. He's like Saul. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or he's like those foreigners, where those evil spirits will come on them. And that's, but that again is all of this whispering, this malice, this conspiring against him. David's reaction to it, like we said yesterday, God is my friend. Yeah, yeah. God is my friend. He is the one like we said on Tuesday, who will be gracious to me, who will provide the mercy. Mercy. Why? Because like we said on Monday, he is the one that is gracious and gives thought to the weak, the helpless, the poor, the needy. And David is saying, that's who I am. Be what you are to me. Mm. And, And that's... Whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever it is that I'm going through, it's it's really easy for me at times to just isolate, to turn inward. Yeah. In fact, when things are tough, if 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 I've I don't know if I've been yelling at my kids, if if Marita and I have been struggling and having a fuss, 
if I made a financial mistake and now I'm having to pay the piper. It, I mean, whatever the list is, I start to turn inward and isolate. And in that moment, you know, when it comes time for me to say, this is when I would normally pray. This is normally when I would kind of do my devotions. That's the last thing I want to do. I, it's like I want to push back against God. I don't want to draw near to him. But what is it that David is doing, even when he sees that this is because of his sin? He's drawing near to God. He's turning to God, seeking grace and mercy. And so I think that is a a powerful and important lesson for me to learn. Well, it is a powerful lesson and discipline to be in that um, devotion, even when we're not feeling it, is important and the feelings come around. I I think that's true. (laughs) When I when I actually give myself over to devotion, it, it. you know, usually by the time I'm done with that, I'm I'm in a much better place. I've actually often prayed or read or meditated through the issue until now. I see, okay, here's here's how God would have me deal with this. Yeah, and but of course, the more I push back at it, I'm not I'm not opening my ears up to God's instruction. I'm right. not opening my mouth up to pleading for God's mercy, and I'm abandoning it. Right. But when I turn back to it, which is what David is doing here. I'm not feeling it. I got these enemies against me. It's tough, but what am I going to do? I'm turning to the Lord. I'm turning to the Lord. I'm seeking his grace and his mercy and pleading because he is the one that's in control. Mm-hmm. He's the mm-hmm. only one that can help. Mm-hmm. We quoted somebody a couple of weeks ago. I think this may have, well, I, I can't remember which author this was, but I, I really, I remember the statement, only God's favor can fix God's disfavor. Mm-hmm. That's why I've got to turn to God. He's in control. Love to hear what you're learning from the Psalms or whatever it is that you're reading. If you're reading somewhere else and you're getting something out of it, we'd love to know about it. If you have any questions, we'd love for you to send those to us. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Thanks for listening. Please share this with someone today. If this has been helpful and you know someone that needs to be focused on devoting themselves to the Lord because he's in control, pass it on. Let them know about this. We'd love to... Um, share what we're learning from the Psalms with them as well. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you for the day that you've given us. May we bring glory and honor to you. May we lift you up and praise you. May we honor you because you are the gracious God. You are the one who is in control. We need you, Lord, because we are powerless. We are helpless. We don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. Lord God, thank you for being the God that you are. Thank you for being our God and for letting us be your people. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.